an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 834. Uh, It's now time for the Nerdist Community Corkboard. Selfishly, I have something that I'm going to put on the Nerdist Community Corkboard. What's that? Well, um, I am uh, performing in Boston at the Wilbur Theater on November 4th. Uh, I think... Tickets for the seven or the early show might be gone, but there's a handful left for the late show, the 10 o'clock or 10.30 show. But I'm going with Mike Furman. Where can you get tickets? Uh, ID10T.com. The letter I, the letter D, the number 10, and then T.com. ID10T.com. But yeah, Mike Furman's going to be there. and we're going to. Are you guys going to do We're going to do some songs. We're going to do some hard and firm songs. Uh, I don't know if we'll do any new... I don't know if we'll have anything new, but it's been a while. Since, but Mike will do stuff, and then I'll do stuff, and then we'll do stuff some get together. And so, uh, yeah, please, please come out. Uh, the Wilbur is a very special place. It was the first. I think it might have been the first theater that I was ever able to perform in. Oh and so wow! It's it's very special to me. <laughs> it's very special to me. What else you got? I got a bunch of things from the Nerdist family. So first of all, uh, the Writers Panel 300th episode is coming up, so they're doing a special celebration. God damn it! I can't believe that. I know, right? Sunday, November sixth at the Largo, there is going to be a huge show with literally every single uh, creator or writer from like all your favorite shows, like Carlton and Damon from from Lost, and um, uh, the creator of Parks and Rec. I mean, just literally the oh my god. Jane Espizen from Buffy. Jesus, like this is crazy list. So um, it's, uh, again, Sunday, November 6th at the Largo. And you can find tickets. At the Largo? Yeah, probably at, at Largo LA. Isn't it's it? Largo LA. Yeah. yeah, I think it might be Largo-LA.com. Yeah, you can find tickets there. Uh, also, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific, uh, Nerdist is live streaming on Facebook and they uh, partnered with Ash versus Evil Dead, and they will chainsaw anything you tell them to live. <laughs> this is with Jessica Chobot and Dan Casey. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's 1 p.m. on on Nerdist Facebook page. And then also this past weekend was Strut Your Mutt, and we had a really good time. And I just want to thank everyone that joined the team, which is Aristotle Acevedo, his girlfriend Desiree, Brian and Jennifer Daggett, Stephen Fletcher, Reed Hallett, Hugh Hunter. Uh, Brian Banks, like there, it was a great time. It was. I'm a, still it was focused a lot on this fun. chainsaw. Anything? <laughs> I want a chainsaw. A chainsaw. What would you chainsaw? Ooh, I would chainsaw. Mean people. I would pillows. chainsaw. I would chainsaw mean people. I, mean, I just want to chainsaw pillows. I think Why would you chainsaw funny. pillows? Because like feathers would go everywhere. I mean, yeah. If it's a feather pillow, then yes. Cool. But you'd have to make sure it's a feather pillow. A otherwise, a desk, a car. You'd want to chainsaw a car. Yeah. 
Boy, they've really painted themselves into a corner on this one. If they're saying they'll chainsaw whatever what you want. What if they do say a person? Well, I guess they have to do it. I mean, you know, like that. I don't think any court would find them guilty. They're just following the, uh, the so like agreement that, that was set up. That computer. The, yeah, my <laughs> fucking phone. Because why can't I get service at work? Why can't I get service Chris, at work? Don't go, don't go to the office tomorrow. Stay away. They might chainsaw you. Don't, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's tomorrow. And then I believe they're going to be doing a National Frankenstein Day. There's a National Frankenstein Day, and I think we're. I think the at midnight team, the digital team is going to uh, read all of uh, Frankenstein. Awesome. On Friday, I think this Friday. That's cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, we did it with Mo- we did a Moby Dickathon, so I guess now uh, Frankensteinathon. <laughs> uh, this episode was Dakota Fanning, who was so wonderful. She's so nice. She was great. She, her, uh, she, you know, I saw that she was making the rounds for, uh, for American Pastoral. And so we inquired and it turned out she listens to the podcast. She knew who Scout was. She knew who Scout was. But, uh, what a great conversation with, uh, a really engaging, intelligent human being. And some of the stuff she talks about that she's working on in, during, in the podcast, I am very excited about. There was yeah. one thing in particular that I hope they make very soon uh, that goes back to the Kirsten Dunst podcast. So that is, uh, I'm going to shut up and stop talking now <laughs> so we can get to uh, Dakota Fanning. Uh, get to know Dakota Fanning. That's the hashtag. I'm going to start with this because she is worth getting to know. Uh, American Pastoral, as I said, is in theaters now. Go see it. Jennifer Connelly, Ewan McGregor are also in it. This is the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 834 with Dakota Fanning. Katie Levine, please roll the business. Now entering Nerdist.com. I really listen to this podcast. You do? Yes. Oh, yes. that's fantastic. Yes. I was like, there's the dog that I hear about. There's Katie that I hear about. That's crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> well, because when uh, when Deb said, uh, uh, oh, D- Dakota Fanning has a new movie coming out. I was like, why would she want to come on that? And she goes, no, she really wants to come on. I'm like, really? Yes. Okay. This is one of the, like, there have been two things. Watch what ha- The first time I went on Watch What Happens Live, that was something that I was like, can I go? I was turning 21 and I was like, can I go on Watch What Happens Live? <laughs> Do they make Live? you be 21 on the show? I don't think they make you, but so much of the show is like they play a drinking game and like you have your drink of choice next to you. So I just always didn't feel comfortable going on it until I was 21 because I thought it would be more fun when I was 21. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this was the other thing. I'm so excited. That makes me very happy. That makes me very, very, very happy. Uh, congratulations on everything. Thank you. Uh, but I read something that you said recently and it completely melted my brain where you said, I don't remember a time where people didn't know who I was. Right. And I, I guess I, I mean, I objectively, I I do. And I don't like, I, I certainly have, I started working when I was six. So, and my first movie was I am Sam, which became, um, I was recognized from that film. It wasn't like it was a. It was a. It became kind of a thing, you know. It was with Sean Penn, so obviously a lot, I've heard of him. Like a lot of people yeah. saw it. I yeah. remember the movie. Um, 
So I do remember a time where people didn't know who I was. Like, I definitely have memories pre that. But most of my life, um, people have recognized me. That's so strange. It's so – I mean, you don't – you can't know any other life because no. that is that is your life. But it's got to be do, – do you feel – like, when you're walking around, do you feel like, shit, people are watching me? Or do you <laughs> feel like, yeah, you know, it's fine. I'm used to it. Um, I – I'm conscious of it most of the time, but also I don't walk around like worried that people are looking at me, you know, like I think, and I think that does have something to do with because it's been a part of my life for so long. I think if I kind of gave into it and like worried about it, then I would be upset all the time. You you would be upset. No, I just, you know, I was years ago, right when social media was starting to become... Mm-hmm. ultimately the best and worst thing that ever happened to our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on an elevator. I guess I was picking my nose because <laughs> I'm a person and we have to do that sometimes. And then I got into my room in the hotel and someone tweeted me like, man, really digging around in there. And I was oh like, oh, shit. God. Like it just completely. Yeah. Oh, wow, everyone's. Uh. No, I know. I mean, I'm definitely conscious of things like that. The funny thing, and some people really understand what I'm about to say, and some people really don't understand, so I'm curious. I'm always curious the reaction that I'll get. I have really poor eyesight. I have astigmatism in both eyes. And that means, I mean, so I can see, but everything's kind of a little bit blurry. It's right. not like nearsighted or farsighted. It's it's just all around kind of not great vision. And I don't wear contacts and I have glasses, but I kind of live my life taking them on and off. Like if I'm watching TV, I'll put them on, then I'll take them off to go in the kitchen, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And when I'm on the street, I don't ever really wear them. And so I've developed this thing of like liking the slightly blurry world (laughs) because it feels like if I can't quite clearly see Mm -hmm. everyone else, then they can't quite clearly see me. Do you watch Black Mirror? No, I don't. Is that a big thing in Black Mirror? <laughs> it's a similar. There's okay. a similar okay. thing. It, okay. Do you like like weird? Do you like Twilight Zone? Do you like any kind of weird sci-fi anthology yeah, stuff? Yeah, totally. Black Mirror might be okay. a show that you would really, really okay. enjoy. All right. Uh, and they're about to make some more of them. Nice. I've heard. I've heard really good things. I've it's just a super head bendy. Like yeah. it's like Twilight Zone, but uh, applicable to. Where is this weird technocracy going that we're creating and living yeah. in, and what does yeah. it all mean? It's just it's a great it's and it's that it's that it's kind of that. thing. Okay. Yeah, there's a little well, bit that's of that. How there's I that. Feel. <laughs> <laughs> you live it. Yeah, I live it, and but it's not. I said that to my dad once, and he was like, "Don't tell anybody that." <laughs> but, but I just, but I just did. So. How did you find this podcast? My um my manager. Brittany, who feels it always feels so strange to just call her my manager because she's so much more than that. She's one of my best friends. I've known her. We've been working together for a really long time. She had told me about it a few years ago, and um, I I had never really listened to podcasts, but she had told me about this one, and um, so I had it in the back of my mind. And then I was working in Europe about a year ago, and um, I looked at the podcast app on my on my phone, <laughs> and I. Uh, and I started listening to Serial, this one, and um, Lena Dunham's Women of the Hour. Yeah. And those were – and I just like – you had so many obviously because I came it, into it late in the game. So I had so many to listen oh, to. Oh, that's so cool. And I listen to them now at the gym. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's really become a good thing to help kill – 
an hour of time where you oh, yeah. don't want to be focusing on. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think what so what I really like about it is you hear of certain people, you know who they are, whatever, or you think that you know who they are, but you some I sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what that person like really sounds like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or like what their personality is is really like. And it's so I that's why I like listening to Oh, it. that's really cool. Yeah. I'm super honored and yeah. I'm super flattered. So Kyle, the walk around Muppet who used to be sitting <laughs> to my right, started writing on Jonah's show Hidden America. Okay. So it was it was a really good job. Yeah. So we certainly had to let him we yeah. let him follow his dreams and shit. He's growing up and stuff. I mean, I guess he's going to go do that. Are you in the... So when does American Pastoral come out? It comes out October 21st. Oh, okay. So you're heavily into the press cycle. Heavily into the press. Yeah. Right now. Heavily, heavily into the press. The next week and a half, two weeks is like... I still keep a... I have a planner. So I write all... I write my schedule down every day. It's just like I can't... On the phone, I just can't like see it clearly enough, and I need to be able to right. like, cross it off. Um, and I was I was writing it all down the other day. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do?" <laughs> it's just like it's just if you can just get through the week, and then just and then That's, just knock yeah. it out of bed for a couple of days. No, but even and it seems like it's I'm I'm very aware of saying that it's hard is like kind of like it's not hard in comparison to what a lot of other people do in the world it is not hard but like it also is you know it also is so well um, because because there's a lot of you know you i would love to just take a person who does not work in the entertainment business and just put them through just go just see what it's like for a week of answering the same questions basically feeling your brain is squeezed did I? Oh, did I spoil that? Did I say that? Oh, is, it, is someone going to take that out of context? Yeah. Am I allowed to say this? Am well, I not allowed to say that? Well, even the stuff of like as a as a female of like the clothes that you're going to wear, and like if you wear something on this this thing, then you have to change before this thing, oh, and you right. know, like oh, you've been wearing your hair the same way for the past two weeks, so like you need Ugh. to try and change. Like even that stuff, you know, takes up a lot of brain, a lot of space in your brain. Does it make you angry? Or do you just sort of go like, well, I guess that's just what happens? Or do you go, hey, could you focus on the work that I'm doing? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like people do focus on that too, and I, all the other parts of it. Like, I enjoy. Like, it's not like I'm forced into these clothes or like forced to care about it. I care about it, and I, I um, enjoy that part of it too. And I've always felt like, I've always felt like, you know valued for other things than my looks good 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 i mean it what are the top three what are what are your repetitive questions i'm always interested Mm. to hear like what what are they Mm -hmm. every time you sit down and someone's like i'm gonna i'm gonna hit her with these three and she and then (laughs) and then you can you have to keep your eyes from rolling back into your head well i've the the roll the eye roll like i've started to not be as good at hiding the eye roll because um (laughs) It's it's always something about age, sure. growing. You've grown up, sure. You're so you know, so you're, you're a so human, big now. You're a human I'm like, being. Yeah. yeah, I'm in my twenties. <laughs> like it's fucking. It's what happens. You know? um, 
So that's always that's always mentioned. <laughs> Everyone's like a weird ant. That's what I say. Everyone is like the great ant that you yeah. see like every four Look years. Look at you. Yes. You wow. Yes. Those are those are adult shoes. I yeah. know. Yeah. 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 And it's also not a conversation starter. Like it's a conversation <laughs> ender. You know. Like because what are you? You, the only answer is yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, uh, I know. Like there, it doesn't go anywhere. So that always gets mentioned. Um, probably something about like someone I've worked with in the past. Like what was it like to work with blank? Which I don't mind that question. That's nice. Um, and then how are you? How how have you not gone off the rails? How are you still a normal <laughs> person? Which is another like impossible thing to answer. And I used to really try and answer it. And now I still try to answer it, but I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I, it's impossible to have perspective on being, do you know what I mean? Like I just am like, I don't know how to describe it. I can say my parents, I can say my group of friends, I can say whatever, but ultimately it's just like, the way it's turned out. <laughs> just for fun. The next time someone says, how have you not gone off the rails? Just very seriously go, um, a lot of drugs and I murder yeah. for pleasure. Like, just exactly. just say just say something well, really. They're also assuming that I haven't gone off the rails. <laughs> Nobody knows what has happened in private. So. <laughs> or just have a meltdown. What do you mean? You're saying I'm what about the underground? What are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. How are you not on the fucking rails? Yeah, exactly. You have to ask the same goddamn questions all well, the time. People used to ask me when I was younger, which now have being somewhat grown up i think is really disturbing is they always used to ask me like do you have any friends like do you how is it possible to make friends like like it it basically you know aren't you super lonely and alone and i would always be like what if I was? You know what I mean? Like, what a, what terrible, if I thing did, what a terrible thing to ask, like an eight-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you have any friends? How could you possibly have friends? You know what I mean? It's like, I guess I don't. Like, uh, you know, I I blame the I I blame. It's just that most people. I think what's such what feels like an anomaly about it is that most most people who start out in the business young. Don't always totally, and I totally get that. I I understand, and I get where the question comes from. But I guess it's just like, I guess I'm just like, okay, maybe I've moved past that. Yeah, of course, of course. (laughs) And and I feel like maybe you're if it, it, I think it'll just be a a little bit longer because this movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, not to. Jinx anything, but I feel like there could be a nice gold statue around. Oh like, my god! When you start doing, you know, like <laughs> yeah, this is this will be one of those movies that I think could s- stop. A I lot of I that think from so happening. too. Weirdly, I never thought about the movie that way. Like I never thought about the movie in those terms because I actually, when we first meet my character, I'm 16. Like I was playing younger for a lot of the film which yeah. was but it's so funny that people are like this is your most grown-up role yet i'm like okay <laughs> sure <laughs> like, it's always like it's all i guess it's always the things that you least expect that make people realize something you know what i mean like the things that you think will be that aren't and then the thing that you are like oh this might be or might not be is i don't know yeah i think it's i think some of that has to do with just a when you're super aware of something, you know, when you're like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. yeah. Ah, better, yeah. <laughs> better make room for a, another house on the, you know, 
better boy it's gonna get real crazy yeah and it's like oh no one gave a shit about yeah, that thing. yeah yeah you know i think there's yeah. just something about just sort of being in the moment instead of being so aware of the moment that totally that is that really does sort of create that kind of a magic yeah this movie also was really trying to get made for so long like this movie could have been made with me jennifer and you in like three years ago or four years ago so yeah. it's just a total also a coincidence that it happened and um, was it uh, at this time when you when you first read the script was that did you immediately go i i need to do this yeah immediately this was one of those that it was a the role was scary um and it was like every part of my body was like that's scary. You don't want to do like that's scary. That's scary. And I was like, okay, that means I have to. <laughs> I have to do it. It was totally an obvious, um, obvious choice to do it for sure because it was so really unlike any character I'd ever read. What was it? The, what was the specific thing about it that scared you? Well, um, I have a stutter for a lot, a big part of the film, and that was something that I knew. That's just an obvious challenge right off the bat to read a character that stutters. Um, so that kind of scared me a little bit, made me a little nervous. Um, and then the midsection of the movie for my character, without giving too much away, is very um, kind of odd. So I was like, I was, um, yeah, those things kind of made me a little nervous the stutter especially made me nervous just because you don't want that to be something that takes people out of the film or to you know to sound like a phony trying to stutter you right, know? Like, right 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 there are right. obviously people out there who have stutters who know what it's like you know right. and like um so and and i don't so that's where I, when you first started this, that first sentence that you're going to say, I have a stu- – I thought you were going to say, like, I have a stutter oh. and I hide it well. <laughs> no. I'm like, that is amazing. Oh, no, no. In the film. In, in the, the film. film. Yeah. Have you, have you seen the film in its interview? Yes. It? You I've have. seen it thrice. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to see it uh, – what is the Shakespearean version know. of four times? <laughs> Will you see it fourthly? Fourthly? Or fifth? <laughs> Has the premiere happened yet? Was there a premiere? There was a premiere here um, last week, and then there's a premiere in New York this this week. Uh, yeah. Do you enjoy the premiere process? You know, I actually do enjoy the premieres because I do enjoy the premieres because there are very few moments, I think, where... I was talking about this the other day because I went to the Venice Film Festival this year, too, for the second time. And there are kind of – most people think that making films is a very glamorous experience, you know, and like you're sort of an actor. And um, and it, and it's really not. Like, you know, and it's really not a glamorous experience most of the time. It's like 16-hour days in a place that you would never go <laughs> – you're by yourself you're usually really cold or really or really hot that's like a requirement of films is like opposite seasons um and it's not glamorous a lot of the time and so there are very few moments where you kind of feel that glamour and like the venice film festival is one of those right. like getting out in like italy so like loves that sort of the flashing lights and the glitz and the glamour anyways. And so going there and like having a, a premiere there, like 
whoa, it's like you feel like it's this moment, you know, it's like really nerve wracking and exciting. And a premiere when they're kind of not just like a little screening with like two photographers, but right. it's like an actual thing. Like this premiere was at the Academy and um, it's if it's one of those moments you're like, oh, I was like in that cold town <laughs> to experience this excitement. You oh, know? that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're or you're. Or it's or you're just cra- I I get really aware when I see it's it's hard for me to watch sad movies because I just mm. I'm 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 like an I'm like an empathic sponge so if I watch a really sad movie I just feel sad for mm, two days yeah but when I do sometimes it's hard for me not to go that person probably spent three months crying all the time yeah totally. what a terrible <laughs> I know. I mean, your brain parts of your brain don't know the difference I know so you're just you're just you're just emoting all the time. I know. Is there know. any break from it? I know. Yeah. I've had times like that. For me, I think because I started out so young, it's easy for me to mentally separate, but it's hard for your body to separate. You know what I mean? Like you finish the day and like you feel fine, but your face is like all swollen. <laughs> your eyes are like puffy and red and like you feel good, but you know, your body is telling you something different. Um I've always been good at sort of separating all of that, though, and not – like, I don't stay in character. Um, you know, I, I go, like, very in and out uh, in between the literal the takes. That's the I just don't know I, – I just don't know any other way to do it um, because also part of the experience of making a movie is all the people that you meet and work with. And, like, I love getting to know them. Like, that's such a great part of filming. And I think that would be so weird if I was getting to know them as my character <laughs> <laughs> and not myself. Um, I, always, I always like to use Daniel Day Lewis as the uh, as the example. I was like, well, I oh, mean, people really got to hang out with Abraham Lincoln no, for I know. three months. And I always feel like when I say, you know, that doesn't work for me. I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Like, it works for like one of the greatest actors that's ever lived. But I've heard him talk about it, and he says like that's just what works. Yeah. For me, you know what I mean. Like I, he does, he's not. I don't think he thinks that's something everyone should do. No, I think whatever works for you, because it ultimately you got to get the job done. Like it's a yeah. job, you got to yeah. do it, and exactly. And it's a there, you know, there. It, it is a creative job, but at the end of the day, it is job. So like whatever yeah. you need to do to get through that day, yeah. I think is what you got to do. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Or no. can you? And and you're fine watching your stuff with uh, with other people around. Mm. I when I was younger didn't care at all loved it thought it was great and then as I've gotten older it's become more and more like hearing your voice on an answering machine you know what I mean and like being appalled at what you sound like <laughs> it's that as, as a very kind of magnified um very magnified version of that um but with this movie I did I watched it for the fir- the first two times that I watched it uh it was like in a little room um, cause you and wanted me to see it. And then I watched it at the Toronto film festival in a big room with a lot of people and I didn't mind it as much. So I don't know. Sometimes it embarrasses me and sometimes it is okay. <laughs> You're in one of my favorite movies. Really? Coraline. Really? Oh, if yeah. you look behind you, that's like a studios. Uh, oh, nice. yeah, they oh, I saw the box, the box trolls one that my sister was in the box trolls. Oh, right. Yeah. That's amazing. Coraline is such an ab- it's such a gorgeous movie. I know, I know. Coraline was originally going to be a live action film. That's how I met Henry Selick at first. It was going to be real people. And then and I was going to I was going to do it. And then um they decided to make it animation. 
And I worked on Coraline from nine to 14. Holy crap. <laughs> How? It just, it, it took them that long to do the stop motion? Yeah. I worked on it from nine to 14. And I re- I remember Henry Selleck, he, he, like we would finish, you know, I'd go in for a chunk of like three days, whatever, record. And we would finish the script and then it, it would, like he would pull out another one. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, oh my god! And then at a certain point, it wasn't always the Michigan accent. I don't think so. At a certain point, he decided he wanted her to have the Michigan accent. So then I had to start doing that. And then it got to a, it got to a point where they were like, we might have to have your sister start doing some of it because your voice has changed. <laughs> because you're like, a person and you're getting older. Because it's been five years. Like, no wonder. Um, they did the same thing to John Hodgman. They're like, we're going to bring in a younger yeah, I know. John Hodgman. Yeah, I know. It was like, so it was a really intensive experience, but something I'm really proud to be a part of. I do love the film too. And going to the studios and seeing the sets is like, Really, I think describing it, I don't know if people fully understand what you're talking about. Like, it's crazy to see those sets and to really, when they're like, yeah, a great day is getting like three seconds, you right. know, it's, it's so intense. It, do you, do you think, uh, do you, I assume you like doing voiceover for animation? I do. I do. But I like doing it when I'm not, I like, I'm. I do, but sometimes I find it hard to like release myself because I think as an actor, I've all I've ever focused on is like being natural. Sure. <laughs> and so voice acting sometimes calls not for necessarily being unnatural, but you know, being kind of bigger and louder and more exaggerated. So sometimes I have a more of a difficult time getting into it because of that. But like that's why Coraline was great, for example, because it was kind of more real you know it was like more realistic and and um so i really uh i could really get into that but it's those days where you go in and they're like okay we just need you to we just need a bunch of like oof yeah uh, yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. for an hour and a half totally and that's like adr in films you have that too where they're like okay now laugh and you're like what (laughs) like what are you what are you talking about so yeah sometimes those are yeah, those days are hard for me. Like sounds. <laughs> are you going to take some time off after all this press madness? Um, I think I don't think I will make another f- film this year. I don't. I don't think I would have time. Well, the year is almost over. I yeah. know. So yeah, <laughs> I guess that that time off, just natural time off. Do you like the? Uh, do you like the fall? Do you like Halloween? I do. I love Halloween, and I'm kind of stressed because I don't have a. I don't have a costume yet. So I have to be thinking about that. But I love Halloween. I've never – I the only years I haven't dressed up is when I've been filming. When you've been working. Yeah. But, and then you're kind of dressing up then. So That's true. So to be fair – I did a film. I did a film called Night Moves during Halloween. And on Halloween, there's a scene where my character breaks out into hives. And so I had all of these like prosthetic hives on me. And so I was like, this is great. I did I had, I had like Nervous Girl was my Halloween That's fantastic. <laughs> Maybe during the course of this podcast, we can solve your Halloween costume This is something dilemma. I actually thought about before coming here. You did? Yeah, I did. So yeah. let's so, just get a general – okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to be for Halloween. Okay this year and then you, you could either can steal this idea <laughs> or and when i tell you what it is you'll go oh, i actually could <clears throat> i i don't know why uh 
I want to be Eleven from Stranger Things. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So that's really good. I'm gonna do, we're going to do it on At Midnight. They were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think I want to be Eleven. Yeah, that's funny. So I'm going to do the blonde. I'm going to get the blonde wig totally. and, the, and the weird doll dress. Totally. And, uh, no, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. really good. And just like the streak of blood coming down yeah. my, my face. That's really good. Yeah. I like being char- I, characters from films. I was um, Beatrix Kiddo last year. Nice. Um, I've been Margot Tenenbaum. Um, oh, I was totally. Scarlett O'Hara two years in a row when I was younger in the green curtain dress that I had made. Like I used to get like my costumes made, you know, like I used, they used to be really serious. This, we still have time. It's only, I know, we're I know. recording this now and it's only October 17th. I know. That's but okay. Close. So what, what have you seen this year that you like? Like, is there, is there something that you've seen this year that you feel like I want to pay homage to that thing? Mm, no. <laughs> This is the problem. <laughs> they come to me. The costumes usually come to me in a burst. Like if I really, if I sit down to think about it, like I can never come up with it. And they usually just come to me in a burst. So I'm waiting for my, I'm waiting for my burst. You know, I feel like there's an app to create where you costume some, generator. Yes, yeah. where you ask where somewhere it asks you. Like, you know, you pick a, you know, you pick a different sphere. Like, yeah. do you want to be scary? Do you want to be totally. funny? Do you want to be something retro? Totally. And then you just whittle it on no, down. No, that's really good. Pass in. That's really good. What about, I'm just looking at what's on the shelf. What about um, Fozzie Bear? What about <laughs> Alf? Ah, everyone loves Alf. See, I'm not opposed to doing something that's not cute, but I do kind of like to have like... I don't know. Like, Beatrix Studio wasn't cute, but it was kind of, like, the costume was really tight. Like, I kind of liked that. Sure. Well, uh, you could be... You could be Sexy Elf. Yeah. No, but I hate those, like, sexy bumblebee. It's like, no, that's just weird and Who not... To, no, yeah, no, why... No. It, needs to be nat- it needs to be natural. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be part of the character. Like, Paula Beatrix Tompkins, Kiddo is Paula really Tompkins sexy. had a really great bit about the guy, about the guy who was trying to tell his girlfriend that he fetishized bees and how he wanted her to dress up like could you like i know this is weird i just i really i really want to fuck a bee uh could you you... (laughs) sexy bee and she's like like stop making fun of me (laughs) i don't know every year it is i have the same and it's an un it's an unnatural amount of stress that i put on myself if i can't think of something because i feel like it's got to be good. I feel like I need to have a good Halloween costume. I know. I know. I've always – like there have been years where I'm like, okay, worst comes to worst, I'll be like a black cat, whatever. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I'll be something. Like you'll have a costume. But I never – I've never had to do – like black cat in my mind is like disaster year. Do you know what I mean? Like you really couldn't come up with anything. You had to be a black cat. Well, you could just say like, oh, it's the cat from Coraline, the movie oh, I was yeah, in. Oh, yeah, the movie I was in. Yeah. And then people are going to be like, you're costume from a movie you were in. <laughs> I was going to judge you when it wasn't that. Yeah, but now I'm now judge I really judge you. This. So yes. here you go. I think if you just give it an, an actual identity, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter. Oh, this is the cat. And then you just treat people like they're dumb. This is the cat from uh, Bell, Book, and Candle, one yeah. of the classic movies in cinema. Duh. You fucking stupid. Duh. And then just confuse them and they walk away. <laughs> do you like, to, are you a go out person? Do you like, do you like to go out and be social? I do. Yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm kind, I'm a walking contradiction in a lot of aspects of my life. So I love being alone. Like I love it. I'm not a person who's afraid to be alone. Like I love it and really need my alone time. But, um, I also like once the alone time, tank has been filled (laughs) then it's like need to be around like a lot of people right um and so yeah i do love going out 
I do love going out. I do. I have a great group of friends that I love being with. Um, yeah. Have you essentially had the same group of friends for years and years and years? Pretty much. Pretty That's much. nice. Yeah. I went to high school. I was homeschooled until high school and I went to high school here in LA and, um, like my girlfriends and guy friends that I met in high school are still my best friends. And then there are people that have, you know, come become also a part of the group that I didn't go to high school with, like through other people or um, college or whatever. But um, yeah, the core group is the same. It's really nice. And especially when you're working on, when you're working on a film too, you sort of, you, do you do you like pick up a person on each film? Because you know, I know a lot of times you intend. It's like you work with people and go, "Oh, I really want to hang out," but yeah. then everyone goes off and does their own thing, and then you don't. Yeah. And five years go by and you don't see them again. Yeah, I um, a lot of the people that I've worked with, and I think again because I was so young and they knew me as a child, like we they did kind of make an effort to stay yeah. in touch and like be a part of my life. So a lot of people that I've worked with over the years, I am, um, you know, still friends with, um. But that's the other weird thing that I – it like you, you do. You go, to, you go to like these movies and you create this group of people that you work really hard to get comfortable with <laughs> and then you just leave. And you know sometimes you never see a person again that you talk to every day for 12 hours. You know? On a it's really like, deep level. On a really deep level. So it's really a strange thing and I'm not somebody who loves change in general. Like I like – you know if you're in, you're in and – I like it to be like that, and it's kind of a weird job for somebody who doesn't like change. But yeah, it is. It's a strangely there is a strangely transient kind of a yeah, yeah set up camp here. This is my life, mm-hmm. is, and then it just goes as far as it can go, and then you pick up, and then and people really, I, I guess it, it's accepted just because like, well, it's just part of the job, and everyone's got to do right. it, and you couldn't, you know, if you work on enough stuff, it's not like. You could have three hundred, you know. After a couple of movies, you'd have three hundred people know, to be yeah, responsible exactly. to check in on <laughs> no, all the exactly. time. You'd never get anything. Done. I try. I try to make a. I try to make an effort, really, though, to stay in touch. And even if it's not like seeing people all the time, just like a a text or an email or something. I try. I really do try and do that. What's a good when you get on a set and you're working? It, are there certain indicators that you know, like, okay, this is going to be a good experience or like, oh, this might be kind of weird? I always spend like the first week or so of a film, especially the pre-production time, like the week that you have to go before you start working. I I spend that time wishing it was the last set that I was on and like – looking at a person who I loved the person that did their job before and being like, you're not Tom. Do you know what I mean? Like what you're an imposter. Like you're not my friend, you know? And then I always have to remind myself, like you're going to grow to feel the exact same way mm-hmm. about this set and ah, these people. That's like, the not like, not liking change not thing. Not liking change. And I just have to be like, you you will. And you're going to look back on how you feel right now at the end and be sil- and be mad at yourself that you've wasted this week that you could have been spending more time with these people that you're going to grow to love. So I try and like stay open and, and positive, but I always like, I hate pre-production time. I don't know why. I don't know why. Cause I, I like working and I like when the set starts to function and like really you feel comfortable and safe with everyone. And that's a very like unsafe time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. not sure what, how it's going to be. You're not sure what the vibe is going to be. You don't know any of these people. 
And so it feels very unsafe. And I'm always like, what am I doing here? Why do I, why is this my job? Like, I gotta get, I gotta go home. I gotta get out of here. Like, yeah. I get really homesick. And I never get homesick, but I always get homesick during that pre production time. I just need the movie to start and I need to start like vibing with everybody. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I guess it almost feels like it should be part of an acting class where it's like, yeah, and then this is just, uh, you're just gonna go to an office and talk to people about the thing you're gonna do, but you're not actually gonna do it yet. And everyone's a really weird version of themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, everyone's trying to fit in. I'm like, can we just skip this, please? I don't need this. Like, you're actually making me not want to be here. That makes so much sense, though, that if you if you spent, you know, a significant part of your young life working a lot and moving around a lot, of course, you would just sort of want to just stay in one place mm-hmm. and not have to. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think, ah, someday I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to get, live on a farm and, <laughs> and raise my own cows. No, I really don't. I really don't. I'd love to have a farm one day, but <laughs> but I'd still like to make movies. I have to make movies to get a farm. Yeah, you have to make <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. You have to do the thing. You have to. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> to get that thing. Yeah. I need to do a lot of this thing so then I can go isolate myself. And then occasionally I have to step back out yeah. and go isolate no, myself. No, but again. I really do love, love, love what I do. I really do. I love being on a set. I love that camaraderie. I It is the only place – like I'm a very – I am a very pretty type A person. I like to be organized. I get like – I, you know, can get – I get stressed out about like little things like packing a suitcase is like a nightmare. <laughs> like I, I, I get these weird little anxieties um, and like being on a set, I, I never bring my phone on set. I leave it in my trailer. So I look at it whenever I'm in there, but like I never bring it on the actual set. And it's like one of the, I, I, everyone who's important to me knows where I am and knows how to get in touch with me. So I don't even like think about like anyone – keeping in contact with anybody and it's just my brain is totally able to shut off from anything else and I have never been able to replace that um that feeling and I just love I just love what I do I really do so I can't imagine not wanting to do it but I can imagine wanting to do other things too like I'm producing a film for the first time and I want to direct something one day like I definitely want to do more than just be an actor what are you producing um the bell jar (gasps) <gasps> when Kirsten Dunst was here, yes! remember when yes! she couldn't tell you yes! what it was? Yes. That's what it was. She told and now me off we can mic. say it, yeah. She told me off mic, but she was like, you can't say I was listening to it and I was like, like don't say don't it. Don't you say it. I was it. like, don't say it, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want to so bad. She was very she was very good about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of you know what's interesting about that exact thing is <clears throat> I'm not a journalist. Like I don't want I don't want anyone to ever feel like Ah, you got me. Right, you know, yeah, like, totally. But there is something sort of exciting about like, oh, is is she going to say something no one's ever heard before? Yeah. So I do try to straddle the sign of, of like, course. if you want to say it, yeah, say it, but course. please, whatever you're comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's fantastic, yes. though. Yes. Are, are you, are you, how deep in production are you? Well, we're deep um, in terms of like, it's been announced, Kirsten wrote the script, she's directing it, I'm in it, Um, we... uh you know, now are just like putting it together in terms of like the money and the financing and the casting and all of that. But it's like, you know, we're, we're doing that. We're in that process. So do you enjoy that? Now, now you're on the <laughs> yeah, other side I of know, pre-production. I know. I, know. Um, <laughs> I, I think being involved in the casting in a more meaningful way than you are as an actor has been exciting. Just like kind of having a moment of like, Kirsten and I are also friends. Like we, 
hang out in real life too, but just like sitting around and being like, oh my God, what about that person for this? You know, like that's been, that's been really fun. The other stuff, like the, the financing and all that and, and some of the bullshit is, um, like can be really frustrating, especially with it's with this project because, you know, you come across people who are like, why is this an interesting film that people want to see? You're like, what are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? Like, what? I don't even know how to answer that question. Like, it's the bell jar, you know? Like, so it's about, a, it's about a jar? Yeah, right. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like, book. isn't it depressing? It's like, actually, no, it's really not depressing. There are so many ways to read it and so many ways to interpret it. And but he, what if it was? But that's the other so thing. What? what if it was? That's a part of life, you know? And like, so I'm, I'm, that part is is um, can be frustrating, but it's totally necessary and important. It's just about finding the the people that kind of are on your same page, you know, yeah, and get it, get what you're trying to do, which is totally possible. And what is it specifically that you want? Like, what is what is it specifically exciting about Bell Jar that you feel like I really need to make this a thing? Well, I think just the fact that like it's such an important book to so many people and um i think a lot of the time it gets written off as like dark and depressing and like people know sylvia plath's real life story and like the things that she went through in her life that people forget that the bell jar is not an autobiography that it's a fictional novel and um and and that there is actually like a lot of irony in the book and like a lot of humor and like yes it's there are dark parts about it but it actually ends in a really hopeful way and i think that that gets forgotten about um so i think that we're excited about that and just telling and uh just also kind of making it a movie you know like making it cinematic like those passages that you read and sort of like bringing them to life and like making them beautiful you know i think i think you i think weirdly it's that's how you know you're on the right track when studio people are like, well, what is – because if they don't get it, that means that they that you're going to bring something unique to it. Like if yeah. it was something that was really obvious or like, yeah, that's oh, true. I get it. It's the rock and a chimp. That's you know? true. Yeah, you right. Get... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that that's may a, be Katie, true. Write that down. All right. Chimp rock. <laughs> uh, but, but <laughs> that's good. No, that's true. That is true. That, that, that means that you see something specific in there that, that is – and they don't see that I think is good because then you make it and they're like, oh, oh, well, now we need to make 10 of those. No, you know? yeah, totally. No, that is true. I mean, yeah, it's – yes, I agree. You, I, it's a, it is ultimately will be a good thing, I suppose. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty exciting when you think about it. I mean, like you – so this movie's coming out. I think this movie's going to be amazing and it's it will do amazing things for you. And then – but you – you're, there's so many things you can you can do. I know. It's like I know. the whole world. I know. I Not know. Not to overwhelm you. But. No, no, it's true though. I'm kind of at that point in my life. I think because you realize – I realize at a certain point that being an actor, as much as I love it, it's not enough for me. It's not enough for me because you're constantly at the mercy of other people to – choose you you know to believe in you to say oh i think you can do something and it could be something that you know you can do you know what i mean (laughs) you're like you don't know me you have no idea anything about me and like you're telling me what i can do you know it's like what are you talking about (laughs) um and when it works and you do connect with somebody who believes in you it's wonderful but then there's so many times where like 
somebody's like, mm, I don't think, I don't think she can do that. And you're like, what are you talking <laughs> you about? You know, like what? Cause we had like a weird coffee for 20 minutes. Right, right, like, right, right, right. You don't know anything about me. Like, <laughs> so how many weird 20 minute coffees have you had oh, to sit there? Countless weird coffees. What is yeah. the point of them? You're supposed to just try to, I can tell right away if somebody's going to get me or not. And like, it's a good thing and also a bad thing because it's just a, you just know you just know when you're connecting with a person and you know when somebody just like doesn't get you and um that because i i'm really ki- kind of tuned in with that it actually makes disappointment easier to deal with because i'm like that person just didn't get me you know right. what i mean like it wasn't going to be right because we just were never going to be on the same page so right. it's made things like easier for to sw- heart, bigger pills easier to swallow bitter pills easier to swallow um but uh so, yeah, I think that that has led me to realize that I want to develop my own material, you know, and like and and and, you know, produce things and direct things and all of that. What type of a thing have you, do you think you want to direct? Do you want to do you want to be like an intimate thing or like a big a big thing? Intimate, 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 I think. I don't know exactly what, obviously, but um, and I'd like to make like a short film before, you know, I don't want to just jump in thinking that I can make a feature film. Um, I'd like to maybe even do a couple short films before I do that, but I'm really excited about directing and I always have been, I always have been, but I wanted to, some of the best directors I've worked with have been great because they're really knowledgeable about every aspect of making a film, like every department, like you, they get it, you know, you, you, you can't, you have to know what the sound person is trying to achieve. Do you know what I mean? Like you have, you have to be like tuned in to everybody so i've always wanted to like learn more before i directed something so i still feel like i have a little bit to learn but listen if you want to direct chimp rock chimp rock i haven't attached anyone yet (laughs) so i mean listen if you want to get on the ground floor of a truly breathtaking opportunity (laughs) i always kind of feel like what if you could that almost seem like a challenge. Like if you're a director, like what, could I make chimp rock artistic? Like could I m- somehow make the rock and a chimp an art house movie? Is that possible, or is it, or is it impossible to do that? Does it just have to be the rock and a chimp or cops? You know what? I just talked about not telling people what they are capable of. So <laughs> well, you know what? I don't think I'm capable of it. I don't. Th- it's not my. It's I'm not, not going to put the rock in a box like that. <laughs> good idea. That's that's a. Don't put the rock and a chimp in the box together. That's never very, know. That's a very bad idea. You never know. But that's what's exciting is that it it you there there's so much more. I mean, you really even though you've been working for a long time, you're really kind of just getting started. Yeah. In a, in a, in a way. Yeah. I did, yeah. When I turned 18, I was like. Okay, it's I I'd never want to discredit like the things that I've done. I'm, you know, proud of the the things I've been a part of and the opportunities I've had and I would never disregard them, but it, I was kind of like you kind of get to start over a little bit, you yeah. know, and and that's um that was exciting and I still feel sort of in that. The other question I should have said earlier when you asked about the questions I get asked all the time is like, you know, how do you feel about transitioning from a child actor to an adult actor you know like uh i feel fine about it like what do you mean until you said something i felt great (laughs) but do you think you want to keep playing roles of children no no i don't (laughs) um no i don't 
Um, so yeah, when I like, but people still ask me about transitioning. I'm like, I think the transition's done. Like, yeah, it I happens. think it's happened. I think it's over. But people still ask me about that sometimes. You're a fully grown adult. Yeah, there's like, not there's really yeah. it's not like you sprout extra limbs at 25. No. You're like, well, in a couple of years, you're gonna. Well, I just wonder. I'm I'm waiting for what what will be the thing that I do where people are like, whoa, she's grown now. Like, what what will it be? Like, if it's not this, if it's not being 22 years old and like clearly a fully developed young woman, but a woman, like, what will it be? Is it like? getting married is it like having a baby like what is the thing that for some for some people yes of course i do the only analogous experience i can give to you is that um uh, the year you were born i was doing a show for mtv which (laughs) makes me feel like a hundred but uh it's a show that people still ask about and i think no matter what and i've done a million things since then sure i think when people are scrambling for something, they just kind of make they the just laziest go to that, choice. Yeah. And rather than do a deep dive and go, hey, I want to do some research and find out what Dakota Fanning actually gives a shit about or yeah. what she's what she does or what she's done or where go-tos. she's from. They're just gonna it's just the it's just the lowest hanging fruit because totally. they got deadlines and they gotta come up, you know, because there's a hundred and I- guilty of that too like i give answers like that sometimes too do you know what i mean like i i I give like an easy answer every once in a while so i totally get like going for an easy question but Um, for some people they're just always going to ask that and they're always going to ask it they're always going to ask you like they're the first person to ask you (laughs) well i did realize though that i was i did have a moment where i was like getting frustrated about this not like losing my mind but just like thinking about it and I was like, it's kind of my fault a little bit because sometimes, like a lot of times people interview me and they're like, I've read your past interviews and like, you're such a, like, I feel like I don't know anything about you after I finish reading it. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of like that. Like, I kind of like being a little <laughs> mysterious and I kind of, I am sort of private. But then I was like, okay, but you can't really get frustrated if you're like, nobody knows who I am. Or like, everybody has these preconceived notions that are wrong. It's like, okay, well, you can't get really upset about it if you've never told anyone who you are. Um, and so... For so long, I said that I wasn't going to have any social media. Like, I wasn't into that, and I didn't want to do that. And then I got – I do now have one form. I have a public Instagram, partly for that reason because I was like, okay, this is kind of a way of being who you are and, like, people being able to see that and, like, see what you find funny or interesting or, like, what I'm about. So part of it is kind of my fault because I don't think I totally opened up. Um, but I think that was always because I felt on guard of like, do you have any friends? Like, yes, I do. You know what I mean? Like, are you worried about going off the rails? No, I'm not. You know, like I kind of, I always got those questions too, where it was like, I think you just want me to fail really badly. Like that's what it feels like. And so I was a little on guard because of that. But now. Well, and also the internet's really creepy if you're a woman, especially yeah. a young woman. People are just super creepy when they don't have to uh, bear any responsibility for what for what they say. So totally. it is it it I and I think Instagram is a, is a safe one mm-hmm. because you're just posting pictures. You're not really saying you don't have to. You don't have to go too deep yeah. if you don't want no. to. No, yeah. And I don't. I think you can. 
turn off comments if you want to. So right. That, well, I only get I only get notifications of the people that I follow. That you follow, you know? right? I don't I don't get that. Even though Instagram is really doing this weird thing of like so and so liked a post that you're tagged in, so I can see like people that I know who are like liking a picture of me at like three in the morning. You know what oh, I mean? I'm oh, like, oh. I'm like, what are you? What are you doing? Like, why what are you? Love, why are you awake? And why is... are you liking these pictures? <laughs> I'm confused. Just a little tip out there. Dakota's <laughs> yeah. watching you. Don't like stuff at weird hours. It just like popped pops up. I, I'm sure I could turn that off, but I kind of like it. <laughs> I have all I have all those notifications off. It's just too, it, it it would drive me crazy yeah. the whole time. I mean, I'm already I'm already. Tr- trying to make a slight separation mm-hmm. from i mean not you know obviously everything i do is revolves around social media sure but but i am trying to just yeah. have a little bit of a separation yeah so i can have a life that is in the present in the real world which totally. seems an appropriate thing to do absolutely yeah uh what types of what types of stuff do you like to i didn't i you know i looked to see if you had a twitter page and you didn't mm-hmm. and so i think i just assumed like oh she's not on, social, it, not me- on, social, not on media. social media at all what is do you want to say what your instagram account is just my name oh it's just dakota fan yeah, dakota dakota Fanning. Fanning. i got that back from somebody who had it, Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah just my name um i just post like i don't know i post like things I, my, it's one of my best friend's birthday today, which, you know, I post like a picture of me and him that was funny. And like, then I post like at the premiere the other night and tag all the people that you're wearing. Like, you know, I, I kind of just go, I just kind of do what I feel. I don't know. The reason I ask is because Instagram is also an interesting place to start experimenting with directing. If you wanted to. Interesting. You could just, you know, just make like weird little one minute movies. Oh, that's true. Just to fuck around because then it's totally disposable and it's like you don't have to – what's great about that is that you know if it's something that you you do it and afterwards you go, I don't like this. You just delete it or yeah. you go like, oh, well, you know, I didn't really waste a lot of energy on totally. that. Totally. I never even thought about that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. There and then go. that's – and then, you know, because I think that that kind of stuff starts changing the – if if you want to change the conversation, some yeah. of the conversation, that kind of thing can start changing the conversation because people go, oh, wow, she's directing these cool, weird things mm. on, on Instagram. Totally. Yeah. yeah totally. And then it, it just kind of it just kind of mixes it up. If you're bored – are you good – you said you're good with alone time, but are you mm-hmm. good doing nothing or do you have to be doing something with your alone time? Um, No, I'm good at – I can be – I can be good at doing nothing if I feel like everything is in order. If it's not, if everything is not in order, like if the dishwasher is full, I need to. But I, but I have an obsession with efficiency. Like mm-hmm. these weird, I like try and do everything in the most efficient way. Like on my walk home, like I'll think about like I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna take my shoes off and put my keys down, and I have like my salad here, and then I'm gonna go <laughs> ahead and put my salad by the TV and like turn it on and then go and like wash my hands and by the time I come back it will be on like you know yep. I have these weird yep. things so I do all of that and I'm obsessed with it so it's like if I if my errands and what I feel like needs to be completed is done then I can totally do nothing but if not then I have to work those errands into like my TV watching schedule <laughs> if the dishwasher is full and you're sitting in your house can you not? Can you literally not focus on anything else until you have to take the dishwasher? I will choose to not fast forward during the commercial break and use that time to unload the dishwasher. That is a very efficient use of your commercial time. That I I actually completely understand that. Like to the extent where 
if I'm driving somewhere, I will say like, oh, I need to, you know, in four miles, I need to go this way because I know that that thing is on that mm-hmm, side of the street mm-hmm. and then the parking lot is behind oh, yeah. that. So I need to make sure. I do that too. To, Not uh, with driving, but I live in New York, so I walk. But I do that too. I'm like, in five blocks, I'll need to be on the right. So there's a walk signal now. So I should go ahead. That's and cross. exactly yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I totally do that. It just makes sense. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't understand. understand people who don't Me do either. that. Me either. You're just gonna figure it out when you get there. What yeah. you, what's wrong with you? No, I know. Me either. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Well, New York is a really good city for that because oh, it's, it's great. such a. You know, L.A. is real bad for it. Uh-huh. L.A. is just like, put a street there. Mm-hmm. Ah, fucking put a building there. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Oh, put a freeway there. You know, New York is such a grid. Like, it just makes so much sense. So much sense. I that love That is it. one thing I really do loathe about L.A. and adore about New York. is just like the, 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 the simplicity of the design. It just makes so much sense. Yes, I agree. I agree. I, I love it for many reasons, but that is... That's a big one. What uh, What is your favorite part of New York? Um, I'm a downtown person. Like, I love East Village. I love Lower East Side. I love Soho. Um, I live downtown. So, anywhere, anywhere downtown, really. Do you ever envisioning yourself envision yourself living anywhere else? Um, I besides the farm. Besides my farm. Um. I know that, like, I will raise my kids in L.A. This is where my family lives. This mm-hmm. is where my mom is, where my dad is. Like, I I wouldn't – I've never pictured my life once I'm in the family zone of, like, living away from them. Um, but I also can't imagine not having a place to call home in New York. Like, sure. I definitely want to live in both places yeah. and be – like, not having a place in New York, like, devastates me at this point in my life like it makes like i it would make me feel like i don't belong like you know i would i i really love having that place i think it's because it's the first place i lived alone and it's where i feel like i created my independent life and so i'm really connected to it maybe your halloween costume this year is you could go as like soho or you could <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like? I don't know. You're you're uh, a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're a tourist, and you have a fanny pack, yeah. and then you have a thing on your head that holds up street signs that says like Spring Street. Yes. You know? So you're always in yes. your little book, and you're always just looking for. You're just That's lost, funny. and you're trying to figure out where you're going. Tourist is good. So it was great. I lived there when I lived the brief period of time where I lived in New York. Yeah. And uh, have you ever been to? I don't know if you like this kind of weird stuff. There's an amazing store in down, d- downtown called the Evolution Store. Oh, yeah. It moved. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they yeah. moved to Broadway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've definitely been in Evolution. I once went in there and went to my mom and I. We saw like a, a human fetus skeleton. Oh, it yeah. It's like you could only purchase it if you had a – if you were a doctor. <laughs> like that was like you had – there was a requirement to buy this. How hard would it be to get a doctor? You're just like, yeah, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm do- I, I, as a physician, I yeah. resent the implication that I am not a doctor. I, they, I've been circling some stuff. They, they had a, um, I was just there like uh, two weeks ago, and uh, they had a two-headed calf and the two-headed and the skeleton separately oh, from the wow. same from the same animal. Wow. Was, uh, and. Uh, the, but they were sold as a as a as a package, right? But I don't. It's 
I don't know if I can justify spending $35,000 on That's a two-headed thing. calf. They're so expensive. All yeah. that stuff is really expensive. I like the penis bones. The penis bones? The raccoon penis bones? <laughs> yeah. Where it was the, the raccoon was hilarious. serving its compatriots. Oh, can you dominate an animal any more than making it serve its... <laughs> Uh, it's relatives dicks to you there's nothing it's so bad i know it cracks me up every time um i have one piece of taxidermy that was given to me by david letterman on his show and it's a squirrel oh that's amazing so i have a squirrel what were the circumstances surrounding the squirrel taxidermy the circumstances were for years and years and years like i i talked about how desperately i wanted a dog i wanted a dog so bad (laughs) and i talked about it on multiple talk shows like i wanted a dog so bad which i found out later that jay leno asked my parents like the producers asked my parents if he could give me a dog and they said no and i was devastated later on in life when i found that out but side note, anyways, David Letterman, I talked about wanting a dog on the show, so he gave me a squirrel, a taxidermied squirrel. <laughs> That's amazing. As he would. Did you ever get a dog? Yeah, we got. I got. I did get a dog. You did get a dog. But I was 12. I had to wait till I was 12 to get a dog, and my parents didn't even get me the dog. It was given to me, and they were forced to take it because I accepted it in front of, like, in the lunch tent <laughs> on a film that I was, and my mom, my dad, my mom was on the phone with my dad, and my dad was like, no, like, no, we're not. We're not keeping the dog. Like, we're not keeping the dog. And my mom was like, Steve, literally 150 people just watched her take this dog from, like, another child. Like, we, there's no, like, there's not a choice. Like, we have to, we have to keep the dog. That's pretty sneaky on your part. (laughs) Yeah, I was like. That's pretty cool. Oh, who, me, dog? Oh, mom. Oh, I had no idea. You always taught me to be a good person and I took this dog. I couldn't make her feel bad. (laughs) Do you still have this dog? Yes. Aww. Her name is Llewellyn, and she's a schnoodle, and she's the best thing that's ever happened to us and the best thing that's ever happened to my dad, by the way. My dad and her are absolutely inseparable. He loves her so much. Yes, Steve. I know. Steve. Nice try. You almost killed one of the greatest experiences of your life. Seriously, I know. We remind him of it very often. She is – everyone thinks they have the best dog. I get it. She is the best dog. She really is. Why is it? What is what's so great about her? She just is like such she's so smart, like so smart, knows so many like war, like literally feels like she is communicating with you in like uh, in the English language and just like has never done anything annoying, has never like gotten aggressive. Like she just aims to please. Totally. And is she is she with your family? Yeah, she stays, she stays in LA. Yeah. She's too attached to my dad, honestly. Like oh. when my dad is away, which is not often, but when he is, like, she's depressed. She oh. is really depressed. That's so sweet. I know, it's so cute. Are you gonna it's get so another do you think you're gonna get another dog? It's just I feel like it's probably hard, right? When you it's, I think it's too hard. I think it's too hard for me right now. I I also like I've thought that I wanted another dog and I was like while Llewellyn is alive like I feel like I'd be cheating on her with, mm-hmm. if I got another animal because I, like, I don't see her every day you know so I was like oh my god if I spend eight months out of the year with another dog and like I only see her at Christmas time like and that's horrible and she like, smells another yeah, dog exactly. on you I can't do it to her I can't do it to she's, her she's like let me smell your 
Let me smell your pants. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Who is this? I know. What is this hair? No, Whose hair is this? She also doesn't like dogs. <laughs> that oh, is really? the one thing about her. She's not aggressive towards them, but she's just completely uninterested. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't even be like she would get along with the dog when I brought it home. I think it's too I think it's too hard right now, like with traveling. And I would also weirdly want a bigger dog to not be the actress with the dog. Right. Like the little dog. Do you right. know what I mean? Like I would want like a something that people like consider a dog. Like I think an Australian shepherd. Get you know, an Australian like, shepherd, but still carry it around in a bag. Yeah, exactly. Just like a weirdly Stop. where you gotta drag or like a, a <laughs> bjorn where you carry around an awkwardly large dog. When we were because we did get her when we were still young. My sister was eight and I was twelve when we got Llewellyn. We had and someone gave us a dog stroller and we would take her out in the dog stroller for My sure. My mom loves that move. I tried to talk her out of it. It's bad. I yeah. see people now, like, but I, we were children. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's more acceptable. Grown up. Really I see grown ups with them now, and I'm like, that is really kind of strange. I hope I don't get to a point in my life where I go, oh, I get it. Like, I don't want to get it. I know. I don't want to get the dog in the stroller. I don't want to get it either. It was fine when I was a kid. Now it's weird. So when uh, when does American Pastoral come out? October twenty first in select cities. <laughs> in select cities, and then, and then it will be <sighs> wide later. And yeah. then it's going to go wide. Yeah. And now that now that when when you finish all the press that you're doing for there, are you do do you kind of just like file it away for efficiency's sake? Do you sort of file it away and then it's like you won't think about it again until it might come back around around probably your, yeah. Yeah, probably. That's kind of how I am in general. I have like my brain files, you know. Yeah. Just, things get filed into it. Sherlock calls it his mind palace. <laughs> there you go. That's your mind palace. Yeah. is all is all hidden away. My best friend Audrey loves when I say brain files. So <laughs> I said it for her. <laughs> Maybe your first short film on Instagram should be called Brain Files. Brain Files. Oh, and God. just whatever that whatever that means to you. It scare people. But you need to. But you. <laughs> I feel like if you do a lot of stuff, you do have to find a way to – otherwise, it's just everything's so messy. Otherwise, everything's just gets – like how do you focus on anything? No, you have to compartmentalize aren't... for sure. You have to compartmentalize without being cold. You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to – I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I, I'm able to switch – I'm able to you know switch it in and out. I don't know. I've had to get good at that. Are you good at uh, – you know, it, earlier when you said, oh, when I have to pack, I get really anxious. Oof. Do you even <laughs> mentioning it? Uh, oh, God, <laughs> don't because you you feels like your brain would not allow you to just like mash a bunch of no, stuff into a bag and then close not. it. Also, you're making choices based on like what you in three weeks is going to want. Right. How do I know that? You know, like I just I get really stressed out about it and i'm somebody like i can handle a lot like i'm really tough i'm really strong like mentally i can handle a ton but then if it just fills up just a little too much it's like i'm on the phone with my mom like hysterically (laughs) crying like because if i bring this shampoo then that means i don't have to take that one and this one's half full do you think it's gonna last oh my god what if it runs out you know like It's like if you set me, if you just push me a little too hard, I just like fall apart and have to, then I can rail it back in. I just need to get it out. But I, I think that's good. In. I think it's good that the pressure valve are like dumb things and not like the big things. Thank God. I know. Thank God. I think that's just, I've had to get used to big, in this business, you have to get used to 
big shitty things happening. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like accept that that is that is going to be a part of that's going to be a part of your life. So you have to get good at dealing with that to not fall apart every time it does. So it does. That's what it, that's it's like that does translate into like you know having dry cleaning to go pick up oh my god you know like that kind of thing <laughs> if i run out of shampoo there's no there's no more stores where would i how would i ever get another sell. oh my god they're not gonna sell they don't make it anymore oh my god yeah it's like it it i totally can spiral but it at least it's about the little stuff are there a couple are there things in the business that you uh feel like you wish were different that you feel like you might be able to change are they things about the way actors relate to studios or the or or is it a, or are there gender things that you think well we're still not in a great place and I want to be able to I mean are are there things that you want to do because I feel like you're in a position where you could you really could make some kind of impact in a big way if you wanted to yeah i mean i think that i think that there are i don't want to take like I don't want that to be my life's my life mission, you know, like to because I think it would you would again just be disappointed a lot. But it's definitely something that I think about. Like there, the other day there was this um like TV project that I was a part of, sort of developing, and one of the networks emailed back and was like, um, "Oh, like we love this or like we love that about it, but we're just really not interested in doing like anything that centers around a female right now." Oh, who would say that? You know, and you're like whoa like that's something that you're comfortable saying like, <laughs> to another that, person like, that's putting so in an email weird like that's so crazy so like that still happens you know and you're like what are you talking about and then back to the like again with the bell jar it's like trying to convince people why a movie that obviously appeals to obviously appeals to like 50 percent of the population and the other 50 percent like i'm sure can enjoy it as well sure. you know then and, and trying to explain why that's important or why it's interesting you know like you still have to have those conversations so and i don't can i can i totally change it probably not but i definitely like to keep it in mind and and like talk about it when i can well that's why it's important for you to make the bell jar like it's important yeah, for you to i know that's to what do, yeah. do that kind of thing because you know those people who send emails like that they don't know what the fuck they're they, like they just they, you know people like that are so terrified I'm going to get fired at any moment. I'm just going to say whatever I need to I say. Guess. I guess. You know, and it, it's a bummer, uh, but it also, they don't matter. No, you I know, don't. Like, yeah. They don't matter. Totally. And you still can absolutely do this kind of thing. And, and I, I was so excited when she told me what it was yeah. off off camera. Yeah. Uh, off camera. These are off cameras, mic. right? <laughs> These are sound cameras. They record. How long have I been doing this? I don't. I don't so, sometimes words are hard. They are. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes words, words are hard. You know hard. what happens to Because they all rush to your mouth at the same time. They do. And which one's going to get through? <laughs> and in that moment, camera got through. There was no camera. I get it. I Trust apologize. Me, I totally get it. I'm so flattered that you know what this podcast is and that you wanted to do it at all. Yes. I really appreciate oh that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Oh, you've been so delightful to talk to. Oh. And 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 I honestly, you please, you're welcome to come back whenever you want. Even if, you know, you don't have to promote anything. Yeah. You can just come back and talk then about shit. Then I'll get shit. Dakota Fanning Returns. Dakota Fanning Returns, yes. <laughs> and then if you're a third time, Dakota Fanning Returns again. Again. Yes. Oh my God. And then a fourth time might be yet again. Have you had a fourth time? Yeah, we've had a few fourth times. Number 
I think I think Patrick Stewart might have been a four. Mm. Neil deGrasse Tyson was oh, a four. Oh, I saw yeah, that. Yeah. Now that yep. we've been doing this for almost seven years, yeah. yeah, we're starting to get some. Have you ever thought about? I I know I'm sure you have to go do other things. Have you ever thought about doing a podcasty type of a thing? I've never thought about it. No, I've never thought about it. What but, if we just ended the podcast right there? No, I never really thought about nope. it. <laughs> um, but I think because I just was missing out on podcasts for a long time. It's only been in the last year, like I said, that I've started listening to some. And so, no, I never have. But I have a lot of really entertaining friends. So it would be really good. <laughs> I mean, it could. Even if, you know, even if you don't ever release them, you know, it's just it's interesting. Fun, yeah. It is fun because it sort of puts you in the position of being inquisitive mm-hmm. and trying to find out about things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which when you kind of get into the autopilot of your daily life, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice sometimes. It forces you to sit down and be present, which is sort of which is a fun Instagram, thing to do. Instagram movies, podcasts. There's been a lot of the two big ideas. There's been a lot of great ideas oh, and, happening. And uh, cha- change entertainment business. Yes. Yeah, you're going to change entertainment business and change the conversation surrounding exactly. Dakota Fanning for Get Chimp Rock made. <laughs> Chimp Rock, <laughs> come on! What, I feel like since you know the show, would you say enjoy your burrito at the end? Oh my for god! People? Yes, I would love it. Please enjoy your burrito. Thank you. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts